Why did the chicken cross the road? Known for and famous for getting to the other side. Nobody thinks much about that joke. So let's have some fun. Let's find out why. Why did the chicken cross the road? Is secretly incredibly fascinating. Hey there, folks. Welcome to a whole new podcast episode, a podcast all about why being alive is more interesting than people think it is. My name is Alex Schmidt, and I'm not alone because I'm joined by my co-host, Katie Golden. Katie, hi. Hello. Yeah, hi. hi. Hello. And we are joined by a thrilling, wonderful guest. He's been on the show before, and he's a comedian. He's also a TV writer for shows like Spirit Rangers on Netflix. And among many things, we're going to link GoneNative.tv, where he has assembled amazing comedy shorts and more. Please welcome back Joey Clift. Joey, hey. Yeah. Hey, everybody. Thanks so much for having me. You know, I've, I've been on Secretly Incredibly Fascinating a couple times. And um, something I've realized is if it's supposed to be a secret, why is this podcast like publicly available? Are we are we ruining the, the secret? Do <laughs> so you change the name like publicly incredibly fascinating? <laughs> what if I tried to keep it secret every week and there's just a devious hacker? Right. Like they just keep putting it out. <laughs> yeah. I'm here in my bunker. Yeah, you got to know somebody's somebody's posting these conversations online, Alex. This isn't a secret anymore. <laughs> it's a secret with our closest X thousand friends. Yeah, actually, in the canon of it, Katie is probably the hero hacker. Right. Like Me? I try to keep our conversation secret and then Katie's putting it out for the people like Robin Hood. Let me do some quick hacks right now. I just hacked the system. I hacked the database. I'm in. I'm yeah, in. I was about to say, we're, we're in. <laughs> I, I love it. And we have a question selected by many listeners. Hey, Kayla suggested this. A lot of support from Weeg in the polls as well. Uh, we always start by asking what our relationship to the topic is or opinion of it. And Joey, why don't you go first? What's your relationship to the joke, why did the chicken cross the road? I would say that I respect it as a monolith of comedic achievement in that it's a joke that kind of everybody can quote, right? Like, I feel like it, yeah. it would be, you know, and, you know, as somebody who's like, you know, a comedy writer professionally, as you know, everybody on this episode is, I would not say it's something that I laugh at, but it's something that I respect as a building block for everything that came before it. So... Uh, mm, yeah. like, I think you should leave the, that, like that show should thank how the chicken crossed the road for us getting, uh, Tim Robinson screaming, uh, 99 tacos, 99, uh, burritos, 99 hamburgers, etc. Like, like joke evolution wise. It's a, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, this is, it's, that's the, it's like, that's the primordial ooze that we've crawled out of. I like it. We all stand on the shoulders of chickens. <laughs> I, I love that yeah and and katie what about you how do you feel about this joke well you know it is uh it is a joke and it involves chickens <laughs> so i do like chickens and i like jokes so you would think this would be a favorite joke of mine but you know I feel like it is too repeated to it's like when you repeat a word over and over again it no longer means anything, right? I think we kind of covered that on our on our deja vu episode. Yeah, where it's yeah, like totally. the kind of opposite of deja vu, where it's like happens so much and you recall it so much, it's like it loses all meaning at a certain point. And that's how I feel about this joke. There's no way I can appreciate it in any objective way because I've been it's we've all been overdosed with the chicken joke and i'm saying yeah this this joke is officially comedy and yet not comedy in my head like it's just it's a thing that is in the the file cabinet of comedy and is not funny it's so interesting to me about comedy is like comedy is ultimately like what a laugh is is it's like a biological response on your body reacting to a surprise but with no danger present so that's why like so many jokes are like surprising in some way. 
And when you have a joke like this that's just so in the zeitgeist, the setup and punchline of the joke isn't surprising. So you, you acknowledge that it's a joke. It has the structure of a joke. And probably when this was first told, I'm sure it just like killed at the 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 king's castle it was set at by the court jester or whatever. But now it's like you kind of have the joke has to be like built or twisted in uh, in such a way for it to like even you know, feel funny. And like, that's something that you see, I think with like the, the memification of things like Garfield, where it's just like, you know, like Garfield is something that like, we understand that Garfield is funny, but like, because like we all understand like Garfield, you know, like hates Mondays, loves lasagna. You kind of have to do a little bit more to it to have it like track as a joke. So Garfield is like, a you know, a horror villain or something like that. <laughs> the joke itself stops being surprising. So you have to add stuff to it for it to be surprising again. I feel like that's happened though with the dark Garfield now sort of the horror version of Jar- the yeah. horror version of Garfield has been done so much that now we've got to bring it back around and have boring quotidian Garfield for it to be funny again. <laughs> we almost need just the strip now. We almost like, need yeah, just yeah, the strip yeah. now for it to be <laughs> funny anymore. Wait, let's do a let's do a quick writers room. Okay, so how can we punch up how did the chicken cross the road? Oh, okay. Um, the chicken is mad at Odie. Nope, I'm in Garfield mode. Shoot, uh, <laughs> that's. <laughs> Can we label the chicken as the a, a political party we don't like, and the road as taxes? <laughs> how I don't I don't care how the chicken crossed the road. I want to know where he's where he's going, and the answer is to storm the Capitol. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, Make it topical. Topical as of a couple of years ago. <laughs> and perhaps the year to come. No. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yikes. The humor increases with the number of labels that we put in the comic. Yeah. Because yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> for one thing, researching this, Googling the joke is somewhat difficult because there are a lot of sort of random blog posts where people have done this joke, but with famous scientists or this joke, but with politics. And they just made up versions yeah, it's uh, like, why did Einstein cross the road? And it's like, because precisely. energy equals mass equals whatever, you know, yeah. Right. But Sal- but Salvador Dali melted a clock on the road, you know, it's yeah, just yeah. stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I have this yeah. urge to give someone a wedgie now. <laughs> Me too. I like how uh, I like how mad Alex was at just the idea of Salvador Dali. You were just like, it's stupid. Yeah. <laughs> Clocks don't don't melt like that. So passe. (laughs) You know what doesn't persist? Salvador Dali joke funniness. Oh, (laughs) roasted him. Boom. Got him. Got got him. Got him. (laughs) This topic, we're going to get into like cultural trends, historical trends, bird science. This was really wonderful, the research. The fascinating set of numbers and statistics about the topic. This week, that is in a segment called, But If I Count Stats With You All, things just couldn't count the same, because I'm as free as numbers now, and these stats you cannot change. And that name was submitted by Willow Tanager. Thank no, you, Willow. No, keep going. The song's like 12 minutes long. <laughs> Do the guitar yeah. solo. I've played Guitar Hero. I know how to play that song. Sorry, Alex, you were mentioning who wrote that. Thank you, Willow Tanager. We have a new name for this every week. Please make a miscellaneous and wacky and as possible. Submit through Discord or to sifpod at gmail.com. The first thing is instances of a chicken crossing a road. Okay. I'm sure it's happened. It turns out uh, the first number is 2015. That's the year when a chicken tried to cross the road at the San Francisco Bay Bridge toll plaza. I feel like that's the only chicken that we've caught doing it. It turns out it's not, but also... There are a lot more stories of it thanks to social media. That's a weird thing about this phenomenon is that newspapers, TV, books, I guess, they didn't really record this. They have limited bandwidth and page space and they're kind of serious. And ever since social media got going, there's a lot of these stories of people being like, oh, like the joke and taking a picture with their phone. That feels like the human response to 
that joke is if you see a chicken actually crossing a road, you have to take a picture of it and then post something on social media that's like, he did it or got him or like something. Is social media ruining our chickens? <laughs> Are the chickens crossing the road just to get famous on TikTok? Are chickens engaging in a dangerous new TikTok trend crossing the yeah, road just for yeah. likes? <laughs> yeah, and this chicken, it got on social media first. Around 5.50 a.m., there were traffic alerts due to a social media post about a chicken running around the fast track lanes of the San Francisco Bay Bridge toll plaza. And then a couple more Twitter users got pictures of it just standing in lane lines. And from there, this got passed on to multiple California state agencies. There was Caltrans, which is the Department of Transportation for the state. They said they couldn't put a crew member in harm's way to collect the chicken and Atlas Obscura so they just let it get, So they just let it get obliterated by a truck? <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was probably their fallback idea. But their, <laughs> their next idea was to pass it on to law enforcement, the California <laughs> Highway Patrol. Uh, <laughs> chips. Chips, yeah. Yeah, like the show Chips. And the Chips deployed officers in neon yellow high visibility jackets to pursue the bird on foot and capture it after a chase across multiple road lanes. Then the officers took a photo with the, quote, felonious fowl before putting it in a, in a patrol car and bringing it to a veterinarian. <laughs> Did they do like a high-speed chicken chase that resulted in a bunch of like uh, city infrastructure damage and hit pedestrians? Because, <laughs> you know, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, uh, apprehending this chicken probably cost the, the state of California $12 million. <laughs> That's where our schools went. Yay. We don't need more teachers, but we do need cops chasing chickens. Yeah. But was this chicken breaking any laws? Basically not breaking laws because there aren't laws about it. It was more of a let's prevent, like a truck would just barrel through it, but a car might swerve or cause an accident or something. Right. Yeah. Truck right. drivers are merciless. Yeah. That's my point. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I mean, to be fair, if a truck driver tried to swerve to avoid a chicken, it would probably kill like 20 people. So that's probably the right call. Yeah, it's like the trolley problem or something. It's weird. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It's like it's like a trolley problem of like, OK, do I, I save mean, this ch one chicken or 20 humans? <laughs> I eat chicken, so I feel like that trolley problem is pretty easy. And if it's not, there's something wrong with me. Like... How can I eat chicken but be like, I will sacrifice 20 people to not run over this chicken? That's true. I also eat chicken. So any issue that happened here, it's not that different from how I operate the world. I, I, over the past year, have gotten really into like personal training and like strength conditioning and stuff like that. And my um, personal trainer, um, he has me follow like macros. So I have to eat a certain amount of like protein and stuff like that every day. So I've become like such a an eater of chicken in a way that i'm embarrassed by like like i was traveling the number one cause of death for all chickens i think i might be like i was i was uh like i was in an airport yesterday and i was panicking because i was trying to find uh, an airport kiosk that sold like pre-cooked chicken i could eat just on the plane cold <laughs> That. I have a problem. So I guess what I'm saying is uh, if, if that chicken, regardless of whether that chicken got hit by a truck or not, I probably would have eaten it. This sounds more <laughs> like a chicken addiction than like, uh, like, I don't know, man. Uh, look, I, I'm OK with you eating chicken, but like, do, do you have like a chicken fix? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, I mean, I do start do get, shaking when I don't right. eat chicken. Yes. You start sweating. You get nervous. Right. Yeah, I mean, this is this is uh, this is we're only recording the audio of our private Zoom chat, but I am eating a full rotisserie chicken while we're talking, just with my bare hands. <laughs> We've edited out these sort of like squelching sounds. Yeah, the squelching yeah. sounds and just the the very the very quiet, like me going like, "Oh yeah, this is stuff." The yummies. There's a lot of yummies happening. <laughs> mm, yummy chicken. Ooh, yeah, I have a big studio magic dial for that kind of stuff. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> just labeled yummy. I turn yeah, it away the yummy down. dial. <laughs> <laughs> so this chicken, I, so the chicken was retrieved without incident, um, yeah. apprehended. What happened to it after this? Do we know? 
Did like the did the chip uh, did the California Highway Patrol have like a mysterious barbecue the next day? With these stories, they tend to only report who the police gave the chicken to. Mm. So we don't know what the veterinarian did. And and chickens don't have a huge lifespan either. So uh, it's 2015. The chicken's probably not around. Uh, Might as well eat it, right? Yeah, I mean, it was the the veterinarian. It was me in a mustache and a hastily made veterinarian (laughs) coat. Yes. (laughs) You turn your back and look back around and he's got just feathers around his mouth. (laughs) Yeah, I just swallowed it whole. Joey's like, it's the only way to get a chicken. And people are like, no, there's a lot of ways. Yeah, I just just hang out by roads in California and I wait for a chicken to cross. (laughs) So chickens, chickens cross roads routinely or is this a rare occurrence? I found multiple stories, and we're going to highlight three, including that one. But they're all social media era. The The next one is 2016. 2016 is when a Scottish police department made a Facebook post about apprehending a chicken crossing a road. And this is Cara Giaimo, wonderful writer, writing for Atlas Obscura. Yes. Uh, she said, Tayside police asked the community for as a joke, information on why the chicken crossed the road in the East Market Gate area of Dundee, Scotland. Uh, and they say they delivered the chicken to the SSPCA, the Scottish Society for Prevention of Cruelty to Animals. Mm. So That sounds um, like a cover for chicken jail. <laughs> I imagine being the social media manager for like a police station is probably a really like not fun job. But do you think that... Mm. If a chicken crosses a road in a town, that town's social media manager for that police department, it's like the best day of their life because <laughs> they're like, oh, I get to like slam dunk a joke. Like, oh, my gosh, work was good today. Like running home. Like, can you yeah, believe yeah, it? Yeah, totally. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Or they just they just lean back in their chair and they do that swish, like layoff noise. <laughs> when this is the most extraordinary one to me, the year is 2022. An animal welfare group in Arlington, Virginia, used Twitter to post about a chicken crossing roads and at least one security perimeter at the Pentagon. Wow. wow. Ooh, interesting. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Was this chicken uh, investigated for ties to foreign governments? The Pentagon spokesperson, it went up this high. They said that the chicken was, quote, nervous. They also called it sweet. And so the chicken calmed down enough to allow at least one person to pet her. Ah, that's nice. This is called a good cop, bad cop. The good cop pets the chicken, offers it corn. The bad cop shows it an empty KFC bucket. And this is how we figure out where the chicken has hidden the bomb. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yeah. I mean, the chicken was strapped with explosives for sure. (laughs) I mean, this chicken is clearly an infiltrator, a spy. It's just fun to have a chicken try to enter the Pentagon by crossing a road because it's the joke and also what spy mission is the chicken on. Uh, yeah, I thought that the CIA tried a surveillance thing with pigeons back in the day. So who's to say a chicken <laughs> couldn't be deployed in some kind of like, did they examine the chicken for mechanical parts yeah, or them, electronics? Them petting the chicken does feel irresponsible. Right. Chicken could have been covered in anthrax. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, and this this got posted by the Animal Welfare League of Arlington, hashtag Pentagon Chicken. And then that worked its way up to the news organization, The Guardian, who then talked to a Department of Defense spokesman who was willing to confirm that a female Rhode Island red chicken crossed a road and went into the first layer of Pentagon security. However, quote, we are not allowed to disclose exactly where she was found. We can only say it was at a security checkpoint. Hmm. Chicken just walks up to the booth. It's like, this looks all in order to me. Uh, oh, with a badge? Yeah. Yeah. Bark. Ah, Mrs. Bach. Yes, of course. You're here for your 10 o'clock. Bark, bark. bark, bark. <laughs> I like that they're being secretive about what room the chicken was found in when it was probably just like the lobby. It, yeah, it, it seems like it was still outside. Like it, it, yeah, didn't, it was yeah. just one of those gates way out at the front. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't found yeah. in like, you know, like a Roswell UFO or something. It was just like, nah, it, was, it right. wasn't like in a garden or something. Yeah, this like, thanks to The Guardian and others, it becomes national, if not global news. Uh, Jimmy Fallon did a parody song about it that night on late night TV. 
Uh, and we know the chicken got adopted by a staff member of the animal welfare group who has a small family farm in Virginia. I think we always love a story about an animal breaking the rules, like when that possum went on the football field recently. We uh, just yeah. love animals being where they're not supposed to be. And do you yeah. think that is because we deep down sort of are straining against the rules and regulations of our society and wish to be unrestrained like a chicken? It's true. It's sort, it's sort of like a lot of humor to some people. I think it's like, oh, I can break the bonds of norms in society. Right. And so it's fun in real life when a chicken's just like balking around in the Pentagon. Great. Like, yeah. I can't go in there. There are rules. But the chicken- A should... real triumph. Yeah, but the chicken don't care. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And more with this joke. The next number is another year, but it's 1847. Back in 1847. That is the year when a humor magazine called The Knickerbocker published the oldest recorded version of the Why Did the Chicken Cross the Road joke. We think that's hmm. the earliest publication or recording of Why Did the Chicken Cross the Road. Uh, okay, you got to tell us what, what was the what was the exact writing on that joke? Was there racism, Alex? Please don't tell me there was Yeah, racism. I was about to say, yeah, yeah. Scared, it's filled I'm with slurs. As soon as you said 18-something, I was like, it's going to be racist. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, perfect question, because no racial or weird component to this joke, but 1847. Oh, so, so, so cancel culture got to it, is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> the wokes in 1847. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, so it was too woke. <laughs> There's a 200-year-old listener like, yeah, I read the Knickerbocker all the time, and then it got canceled. Now I can't anymore. Oh, jeez. <laughs> yeah, I guess you can't say any jokes anymore. <laughs> but yeah, what was, the, what, was the, what was the original incantation of the joke? To me, it's very 1847 because it's too long and wordy, right? Mm. Like, comedy's tighter now. Uh, so here's... A chicken, a member of the family Gallus Gallus... <laughs> Commonly a domesticated farm animal was found crossing a road when used by automobiles. Great, great pull of the chicken scientific name, Gallus Gallus. That's great. Um, yeah. And it's all it's essentially that. Here's the text. Quote There are quips and quillets, which seem actual conundrums, but yet are none. <laughs> right? It's a terrible setup. Here uh, continue. Yeah, yeah. Of such is this, why does a chicken cross the street? Are you out of town? Do you give it up? Well, then, because it wants to get on the other side. Well, we did have a lot of lead in our paint back then. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's pretty much exactly the joke. And then just with a lot of framing and puffing around about, here comes a joke. Pretty wild. Yeah. <laughs> Steady yourself. Find a chair and get comfortable, for I am about to regale you with a bit of a witticism. Yeah. <laughs> Um, do you think that like they workshopped that? Like, w like, was that the first draft of the joke or do they have like a writer's room for it to punch it up? Like, what's the longer yeah. version of that? They had a, the gaudiest of writer's room to come up <laughs> with that. The gaudiest of writer's room? The most gouty of writer's rooms to come up with that one where the pipe smoke was thick as a pea soup. <laughs> and yeah. they're all like why do we all have gout and consuming nothing but mutton and bourbon like i don't get <laughs> Only it mutton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah i feel like the reaction reading that in the 1840s was probably just one hearty ha huh! yeah yeah <laughs> and then back a to bit cigars of a twitch yeah. air air flowing quickly over the mustache yeah, to yeah, signify yeah. amusement yeah uh I feel like now I want to I want to see stand-ups do that a little bit more of like really cue up that a joke is coming just like like exactly what right. uh Katie said I'm just like hey everybody are you ready to laugh here comes something real funny steady yourselves okay here we go how did the chicken cross the road oh well here comes the punchline to get the other <laughs> side oh like everybody enjoy the yourselves yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I do like at comedy shows get confused when a joke happens because I don't understand. I just think that they're talking to me about stuff that really happens. And so <laughs> like when they say something that doesn't really fit with reality and then other people start making weird noises around me, it's really scary. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
That's that. That is actually a really interesting thing about. So I write. I write a lot of different stuff, but I've um written for a couple of like preschool shows lately for just kind of like younger audiences. And a lot of people ask me like, "What's the difference between writing for like you know adults or writing for like young kids?" And like, it really is. It's exactly that for young kids of just like really having to like shine a light on just like, "Hey, is everybody ready? Something funny is gonna happen." Like, is every okay? Everybody, the funny thing's gonna happen. Oh, the funny thing happened. Hey, everybody, wasn't that <laughs> funny? Oh, that was so great, right? It's like a page. It's like not just like a two liner set up punchline. It's like a page of like ramping up for the joke then the then the punchline then all the characters laugh for like 30 seconds and then the yeah. characters reflect on the laugh for like 30 seconds <laughs> so basically uh everybody in the 1800s a sense of humor was preschoolers that of preschoolers <laughs> yeah yeah like, like even there's no way to quantify it but i've heard a theory that people just consumed far fewer jokes before <laughs> we had more mass media. Like day to day, you just heard a lot less jokes because you didn't have TV, radio, even newspapers like broadcasting jokes to you all the time. I don't know. I'm so skeptical of that, though. Like people must have just like talked to each other and had a sense of humor with each other. Maybe like yeah. they weren't used to the kind of like certain joke formats like knock knock jokes or like like certain specific formats for jokes but there had to be like a lot of humor because like that's true also there what else do you do if you don't have humor and you're like you know trying to winnow some grain like <laughs> life would suck you know we're all like millennials who grew up loving comedy so it's like we kind of like we like our like language to each other is comedy and jokes and bits. And it's like Simpsons quotes. Yeah. yeah, Simpsons quotes, you know, Garfield, things like that. And it's like it would be I just can't imagine like walking through the world and being like, I heard my one joke for the month and they explained to me that it was a joke <laughs> before they gave it. And then I laughed once. Yeah, and like the earliest I thought like one of the earliest jokes was a kind of animal related and how oh, what is it it's that ancient sumerian joke let me actually say the joke so people punchline is either garbled or doesn't make sense a dog walked into a tavern and said i can't see a thing i'll open this one <laughs> and so the idea is that already on either, board. The, either the translation <laughs> isn't quite right or that there was some context right like maybe there was a previous joke that this joke is building on like a meta joke or some common understanding of something or like a pun, like a kind of an idiom. Yeah. To me, this is evidence that we've always had like animal jokes where like, you know, an animal does something expected. So I can't, I don't know. I think there was just something wrong with people in the 1840s is what I'm saying. I feel like humans have had <laughs> jokes for a long time. Yeah. And, and jokes are a thing that have been studied somewhat, but but not all the time. Sometimes they're just not treated as significant by thinkers, scholars, writers, publishers. So this joke, it's the earliest writing down of why did the chicken cross the road is from 1847, could be older than that. But another number there is this joke is at least 177 years old. It was also well known enough that in 1911, so more than 100 years ago, 1911, the cover of Puck magazine was an illustration of chickens that got run over by a car referencing this joke. It said, why does the chicken cross the road as a caption? So that's that's like this joke getting to host SNL, but in 1911, like being the cover of the very popular humor magazine, Puck Magazine. I saw the image. It's not as graphic as you might be imagining. The chickens are not eviscerated. They don't look like what a chicken would probably look like having been like bisected by an automobile. They are just chickens that look dazed or on their backs. So uh, don't yeah. panic. No chicken gore in this episode. I don't think I'm hoping. Yeah, they look like they got like knocked out by the car, but not just like exploded by the car. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Also, it's several chickens and not just one. Yeah, I guess, though, I guess my question is, were the people in that car trying to hit those chickens? Because, <laughs> like, right. they hit multiple chickens, and those chickens are, like, not in a straight line with each other. <laughs> to me, it looks like they had a bunch of chickens in the car, and they're, like, tossing them 
out of the car as they drive along. Like it doesn't read to me oh. like this car just hit all these chickens. It looks like they're just tossing chickens out of the car like they're tossing rubbish or something. Yeah. But I know that's yeah. not the intention. It's just the look of this Puck magazine. You have a lot of explaining to do with your poorly constructed art. Yeah, they just like sucked all the eggs out of the chickens. Like you were like if you were like getting toothpaste out of a tube right. and then just chuck the oh, chicken yeah. over their shoulder. <laughs> just just directly squeezing the cloaca. Yeah, yeah. And they were just like, oh, this one's out, Chuck. The very last number this week is two. It turns out there are two potential meanings of why did the chicken cross the road. And we're going to make that takeaway number one. Why did the chicken cross the road is either a meta joke about comedy or a dark joke about a chicken choosing to die. <laughs> yeah that makes sense that's actually my two interpretations of the joke uh so yeah i agree yeah it like both would explain its popularity and before researching this joke i had only thought it was a meta joke and not funny i didn't think of that second meaning and i'm, I'm sure some mm. other people didn't as well yeah, I guess that I always took it as like an like it's like anti-comedy and that it's like uh, setting up for a twist that doesn't exist. And like the setup for the yeah. twist, it's like the, you know, why did the chicken across the road get to get to the other side is such an obvious answer to that question. But if you're setting it up with like five minutes of like prepare for a witticism, young one, and then you <laughs> like basically like have like kind of a, a limp like punchline, it's sort of like heed my chicken riddles. Yeah, yeah, totally. It's like it kind of feels like the setup is the joke and like the lack of a the like the lack of a fulfilling twist is what's funny about it. I've I've yeah. considered but like both options have occurred to me and I simply have not ever attempted to figure out which one it is because my desire to do so has not come up until this podcast. Wait, ex explain the Explain the the chicken wants to die take on the joke. I've never heard that, but get uh, to the other like the other side is like oh the other side of oh yeah, yeah being yeah. De dead right like the other side uh, the the afterlife uh, yeah. so like and crossing the road is tricky for a chicken you know you could get hit and then why did the chicken cross the road to get to the other side like so to die essentially uh, I didn't necessarily I didn't necessarily interpret it as like. The chicken wants to die. It's that the chicken will die as a result of crossing the road. And so it's like, why did it do this? Well, to die. Okay. Not that it wants to die, just that it will. I don't know. Now, okay, so uh, hearing that, that does make me feel like, um, you know, that that take on the joke was immortalized in the uh, Bone thugs and harmony song Crossroads. <laughs> <laughs> Which we I, all know it was about I don't know it, but that's their great. Take on, yeah, it was on the, <laughs> their take on this joke. <laughs> not the britney spears film crossroads and i'm trying to think of I mean, things named crossroads yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah that could be all it could be like sure all all, all of them are canon in the chicken verse <laughs> do we have any answer as to which is correct or is it that just gonna be lost to time as the ancient sumerian joke has been it's it's simply that both work and it probably explains the popularity that this can both be, like we've said, an anti-joke with no real joke to it, or this dark joke where there is actual joke construction. Like there's the double meaning of a chicken crossing the road to get to the other side of the road and a chicken crossing the road being killed by the danger and then crossing to the afterlife and, and the other side. Like that version actually has a joke joke. It's not a joke about jokes. Right. Ow, my head... So they just both coexist. My brain. You could picture like somebody from the 1800s delivering the joke and then following it up with like car screech or like something like that yeah. as like an act out or something <laughs> like is it in that case, is this the perfect joke? It could be. I like the idea of is this the perfect joke? It's it's almost the perfect joke for the purpose of becoming a popular and well-known joke. Because you can tell it to anyone as an anti-joke, or you can pass it around as this dark joke where people are like, oh, this is darker than the average joke. Like, that helps explain why everybody's heard of it and why it's like a stereotype of a joke. It's also a good cautionary tale for chickens to learn good traffic safety. <laughs> I mean, to me, all, 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 all good jokes have to be cautionary tales. Like the one about the man from Nantucket. 
Oh. <laughs> um, I so I I visited Nantucket Island. Um, like I I had like a like a film I was working on that was a screening at a festival there last summer, and the amount nice. of things in that place named the man from Nantucket or like some version of that is insane. It's like yeah. that wow. entire, that entire Island is like every bar is named like the man from Nantucket's or something or some version of that. There are shirts that you could buy there. They're like, I'm the man from Nantucket. Like, you know, um, or like I married <laughs> the man from Nantucket, you know, um, they really, it's <laughs> like, they're really, yeah, they're really milking that limerick, which now that you've just said that it's unfortunate phrasing for that specific limerick. <laughs> Yeah, it's like it's like basically Nantucket Island. It's it's things out things named after two things. It's that limerick or Moby Dick because the the ship that Moby Dick is right. based off of apparently like landed or took off from Nantucket Island. Yeah, our two greatest cultural works. You guys don't have anything else going on there in Nantucket. No, no yeah. hobbies. Not sports. Whaling and limericks. Yeah. Well, when you can do what the guy can do, what other hobbies do you need? Right? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, dirty. Anyway, yeah, this this joke, it sort of illustrates a lot of the logic and cultural role of jokes, at least in the United States, because, you know, jokes are fun to ruminate on. One, one source for this is a book called Stop Me If You've Heard This, A History of Philosophy and Jokes by New Yorker Magazine contributor Jim Holt. He says that jokes fall into the category of folklore, along with myths, proverbs, legends, nursery rhymes, rhythms, and superstitions. And he says that we pass them around because we find some meaning in them. He also points out that jokes can indicate neuroses or compulsions or guilt. Uh, he cites an amazing survey of jokes being told in New York City in 1963. Somebody went around New York City in 1963. They cataloged more than 13,000 jokes that people were familiar with. And they found that the number one topic was sex and then the number two topic was what the surveyor called Negroes. What? <laughs> because there was just like the civil rights movement going on and all American racism going on. Oh, and so people did jokes about that. Oh, no. And so the, the anti-humor meaning of this joke, it helps explain its popularity because you can tell it to anyone. It means nothing. It, in some situations, has probably been one of the only safe for work jokes the teller knew. You know, right now, like, uh, I think for a lot of people, like, quoting movies and TV shows is sort of their endpoint to humor. So it's like they might not necessarily be crafting a perfect joke themselves, but it's like, you know, quoting Rick and Morty or something like that gives them, like, a shorthand to be just, like, the funny person at the office. And yeah. I wonder if, like, jokes like this were kind of the, you know, 1800s, early 1900s version of that, where it's sort of like, mm. this is an opportunity for you to, like, you know, be the class clown at your job, but like, you know, and this is, this is a joke that probably everybody's kind of heard. Um, you know, it's sort of like, it's like, uh, a, a plug and play, uh, yeah, it's, it's the, my wife of the, yeah. of the like, late 1800s, early 1900s, where like everyone was quoting Borat during that time. Foreign people funny was basically the joke in, in Borat and right. every office loved it. <laughs> if there's ever like a short film or a documentary or a book written about this joke, I want the quote on the back of the book to be Katie Golden. It's basically the my wife of the 1800s. <laughs> yeah. Like I stand yeah, by I mean, it. Yeah. Not by the my wife joke, just by the comparison. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it feels very why did Borat cross the road to get to my wife? Like it's it's everyone could just do it. <laughs> Why did the Garfield cross the <laughs> we've road? We've just elevated yeah, the jokes. Uh, yeah, why did the Garfield cross the road? Because it wasn't a Monday. <laughs> Swish. Right. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah, easy, yeah. easy. Yeah. <laughs> if we combine all of the bad jokes together, they become good. This is the math yeah. that we've learned. <laughs> why, why did Alex Schmidt cross the road? To stop people from listening to his secret podcast. <laughs> <laughs> No, that's so me. Oh, <laughs> yeah, and and yeah. So then it has spread far and wide that way, and then the whole other way. There's this afterlife sense, and I'm gonna link three different examples of the internet, either thinking of it or finding out about it. Like Esquire UK, the Indianapolis Star, BuzzFeed. They each grabbed a Twitter or Reddit post that blew up because someone said, 
oh my gosh, this joke is also a real joke about death. Isn't that amazing? And it is amazing. And so Hmm. it's probably the other way this is spread. And uh, when we were talking about publication of it, that 1911 Puck magazine cover is probably kind of referencing that. Like, why did the chicken cross the road and then a bunch of chickens depicted as dead run over by a car is one example of people long ago noticing this can have a dark tone and a real joke to it if you want to. This is why you had to warn people excessively that a joke was about to happen because they would be shocked and horrified (laughs) to learn of these chickens dying on the road. Yeah. It's too shocking. And folks, we have so much more to say about this joke and also the reality of chickens and roads. And we'll dig into it with more takeaways after a quick break. Back for another game. You know it. What's going on? Just one more week till Max Fun Drive. <laughs> Hard to believe. It's been a heck of a year since the last one. We're now a worker-owned co-op. We raised $50,000 for charity last year. And we've added a bunch of awesome new shows. But do you think we're ready to do it again? Absolutely. Lovely new gifts are lined up. The episodes will be amazing, and wait till everyone hears the bonus content. Yeah, plus they know to go to MaximumFun.org slash newsletter, so they're getting all the news. Oh, like that meetup day is on Thursday, March 21st. Then what's bothering you? Me? Oh, nothing. We're all set for Max Fun Drive to start on Monday, March 18th. I just didn't want you to see this coming. Check. What? Hang on! It's hard to explain what happens on Jordan Jesse Go. So I had my kids do it. Saying swear words. Saying swear words. Yeah, um, bad jokes. Bad jokes? Bad jokes. Maybe it's like you tell people that you're going to interview them and then you just stay there like, like really quiet and try and creep them out. <laughs> it's just really boring. Because of Jordan, right? Not me. Because of both of you. Oh. Subscribe to Jordan Jesse Go, a comedy show for grown-ups. And we are back with two more takeaways for this main episode because takeaway number two. The joke about a chicken crossing the road might have tapped into early 1900s anxieties about the dangers of car culture. Ooh, I know about this. Ooh. Uh I, I wrote, um, there's a Some More News episode uh, called Do We Really Need All These Cars? It's about um, the history of of how the U.S. was basically designed around the automobile. And there was a lot of resistance at first to that because people kept getting killed by cars and people were not happy about that. They're like, oh, my God, like you because like before, like even with like horse carriages, to some extent, like people were upset when horse carriages became common on roads because like people walked around the roads. But then cars just amplified that problem. Pedestrians used to have a lot of uh privilege in terms of being on the roads and so this idea that now you have to like give up all of that area to cars was unwelcome at the time and it had to be lobbied against or like the car industry really lobbied to change public perception from being that roads are for pedestrians to roads are exclusively for cars and if you use the roads as a pedestrian you are an ignorant backwater buck-toothed dum-dum yeah that's all dead on and It also, like, it helps explain why this joke is the joke, if that makes sense. Because, like, there's all kinds Mm -hmm. of ways to do an anti-comedy. And there's a lot of ways to do this to the other side kind of double meaning. The early 1900s, especially in the U.S. and the U.K. and a few other countries like that, was a time of new and major motor vehicle danger. And possibly the historical peak of cars specifically running over chickens. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, well, and isn't that where the term like Chicken specifically like, like jaywalking? I mean, I think jaywalking is like a. I'm sure it probably was probably some like slur or something like that. But like, it's well, jay. Yeah, it's it's a classist sort of thing because yeah, like jaywalking, uh, it's meant to say like uh, I think it's like referencing more rural people as being jays, like people who come into the city who aren't from the city, and so you're basically calling them a hick like you're saying you're a jaywalker meaning like like you're a hick walker like you're uh an ignorant you know and the reason i said that was not to malign people of 
different regional origins, it is because that was how people were depicted in these cartoons, the, these car industry cartoons of like people who uh, jaywalk. Yeah, that that does bring up a really good point of like the popularization of this joke was like probably at peak chickens getting obliterated by cars time. So yeah. maybe it did start as a dark joke and maybe it's just kind of weirdly become kind of an anti-comedy joke just because it's like, I mean, nowadays so few chickens get obliterated by cars. I only see that like what, four or five times a day when it used to be just constantly. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's from a few things, mainly motor vehicles and then a little secondarily just that there were a lot more small family farms back then so like an individual farmer yeah. might lose a chicken and now we've mostly industrialized and large-scaled that now we don't let the chickens outside so they won't get hit by cars aren't we yeah. nice <laughs> and the the key sources here there's amazing digital resources from the theodore roosevelt center at dickinson state university in north dakota also a piece from the Detroit News by Bill Loomis, and then a book called Car by Gregory Votolato about the history of cars and car culture. Also going to link Katie's episode of Somewhere News about cars and car culture, because that's what? a great source for this, too. Plugging our own stuff now. <laughs> so I have a question. How many chickens do we think Teddy Roosevelt personally obliterated with his car in his life? <laughs> I, I feel like the answer is like, no, he rode horses and lots of chickens with the horse. Just constant yeah, hooves like, over yeah, chickens. It's like, the, the, you, it's like, you know, you know, the answer is greater than zero. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. He did it in like a military hat. Like, oh, look at me. You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's almost impossible to understate how much the United States suddenly was full of cars in the first two decades of the 1900s. The, the the main stat from Gregory Votolato's book is that in 1900, there were 8,000 cars registered with motor vehicles departments in the U.S. In the year 1900, 8,000 cars. By 1912, 12 years later, there were 1 million. So just suddenly the country was full of cars, mainly driven by new drivers and in a time right. of no traffic or safety laws and heavy drinking. Like no seat belts. No seat belts, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was just like an incredibly suddenly dangerous time. Yeah, and there was there were like attempts to limit speed so that it wouldn't kill so many people. I don't know that people cared about the chickens being mangled, but uh, yeah, it was labeled by the, the car industry, which sort of did a campaign against these very low speed limits in towns by saying like, look, this is just like, this is like China, because they have a great wall of China. And this is like the great wall of, uh, of car speed limits. Guys. And it's just using because like, it's just using racism to and xenophobia. <sighs> and so it's just, it's kind of interesting, the, the, the history of like, like, well, why did we cede this territory to cars and why were they pancakeifying so many chickens? Yeah, well, I mean, I think it's exactly what you said earlier about just, you know, car manufacturers lobbying super hard. I think that jaywalking is a crime and like using that term, which is like, you know, like a classist term to basically like shame anybody who's like not ceding the right away to cars. And I get that it's a safety thing, but it's also just like how car centric the united states is and it's like i feel like a lot of zoomers are just like i just don't i don't want a car like i just i'll just lift everywhere or i'll like walk or whatever i'll use public transit yeah car culture sucks that's the real theme of this episode or maybe this is just chicken propaganda to try to yeah it is get the chickens to have primacy over the roads <laughs> I mean, they did just back a fresh truck of uh, roasted chicken to my apartment. And so, you know, like, yeah. Why did the chicken cross the road? So Joey could eat them. So Joey could get <laughs> swole. <laughs> I keep turning down this yummy sound dial, but it's not going far <laughs> enough. <laughs> I can't do it. <laughs> we had to cut out about... Uh, 30 minutes of the podcast, which is just Yeah, which is just sounds. me eating chicken bones and you can hear the crunch. <laughs> it's just the gristle <laughs> yeah, noise. Like, the gristle noise is really tricky yeah, to yeah, edit yeah. out. My mic, microphone, absolutely coated in grease. <laughs> it's got a sheen. It's shiny. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah and, and this sudden beginning of car culture, people were primarily concerned with the human injuries and deaths 
in the early 1920s, cities like New York and Washington, D.C. held what are called safety parades, where people did a protest uh, calling out the lack of safety and accountability. At one of them, they had 10,000 children dress as ghosts to represent more than 10,000 children killed by U.S. cars that year. Dark. Yeah. And, and so along with that, people also noticed that animals were getting hit by cars. That, that 1911 Puck magazine cover is at least partly pointing it out. Puck also did a cover the year before, 1910, where a motorist car is pursued by the many ghosts of the animals that they have run over and killed. That was a magazine Jesus. cover. That's metal. Uh, That's super metal. I love that. Yeah, I'm just going to say, uh, not super familiar with Puck magazine, but based on these two covers, uh, they rock. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty based, apparently. Uh, it's great. And, <laughs> yeah, I'm a big, big fan. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so... Roadkill, not only was it a real phenomenon people were concerned about, but on some level, it was a way to talk about the human deaths without directly thinking about the human deaths. And so Mm. maybe this joke has some origin in that. Like, roads as danger was a dominant theme of the 1900s and 1910s, and then people wanted jokes about it because it was in the zeitgeist. Yeah, jokes are always kind of a way to cope with current situations, I think. So... That makes sense to me. Yeah. There's also one amazing thing here where, like we said, there were small farmers possibly losing chickens. There was a lot of chicken raising by the early 1900s by farmers. And the Theodore Roosevelt Center has a specific written account of someone observing a chicken dying when trying to cross a road with cars in it. Mm. Uh, This was recorded by a historical society in Sheffield in the UK and passed along to them. They had the text of an early 1900s travelogue about a car road trip where the writer says they, quote, watched another member of the Poultry Suicide Club <laughs> Jesus. rush out of a safe ditch and prepare to take leave for immortality, end quote. Well, that's dramatic. Right. And they recorded it as common. They're like, yet again, I'm seeing a chicken cross a dangerous road and get splattered. So, so this joke is almost topical to that era and uh and right. it has maybe almost been garbled in the anti-humor sense yeah I, I think that that's that's something i was talking about earlier there's this um really great book i think it's called like finding springfield about the simpsons and how the simpsons originally started as being counterculture but now it's so prevalent and popular that it's just become culture and yeah. it's not like it's not like counter to anything because it just is the mainstream culture. And I mean, like, you know, talking about that with Garfield and stuff like that is like, you know, now we look at Garfield as sort of the 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 references that he contains of just like he likes lasagna, he hates Mondays and et cetera. But if you think about it, it's like Garfield was like a counterculture comic that Jim Davis wrote in the 70s in that, you know, in a time where, um uh, you know, like have a nice day, like, you know, like uh, everybody, like, you know, work hard, enjoy your lives, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, was like so prevalent, like having a character that was a cartoon cat that was like, I hate Mondays because that's the day you work. I like don't like dieting. Like I'm all about self-care. I'm not worried about like, yeah. you know, being I'm not worried about being the version of me that society wants me to be. I just want to make myself happy. And like, You know, I think that you can look at this joke as like a very early version of that of like, yeah, it was probably it probably was the super dark version of it that was commenting on like, you know, chickens getting obliterated by cars constantly and sort of like a comment on car culture. And now it's like we just kind of get it for the reference of like, oh, that's that old joke, you know. I think what you're saying is that you either die a Calvin and Hobbes or live long enough to become a Garfield. Oh, we can only be so lucky. (laughs) (laughs) that's all exactly dead on yeah it's and it's such an interesting cultural role for this joke that i have primarily ignored or been annoyed by my whole life (laughs) like (laughs) what a good topic and one more just quick takeaway for this main show here kind of talking about the situation of the real birds today takeaway number three if a chicken wants to cross a road safely it should use a purpose-built wildlife crossing or sneak through a storm drain. 
Mm. This this is about two ways that animals are now safely crossing roads. One of them is the long time sneaking through storm drains. And then there's also a nice new movement of wildlife crossings through human roads. I I like the the way that you framed that was just like those squares use those crossings, but the cool chickens use the storm drains. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I've seen I've seen uh, raccoons use storm drains like pop into one storm drain, pop out of another one. My cat actually followed, I think, some squirrel or something down into a storm drain. We thought she was going to die, but then she popped out of another storm drain like a Mario. (laughs) My cat was Mario. Okay, did any of you like did any of you crawl around storm drains for fun growing up inside the storm drain? Yeah, like inside the storm drains. No. A, a buddy of mine did that in Ohio. I haven't done it myself. I don't know how I would get it. I mean, maybe it depends on like like the shape of the storm drain, but I couldn't like get in there. How would you even get down in there? Yeah, I feel like that was just I mean, I grew up in uh, like in Washington State and like it was it was like uh, like on a res in kind of like the like kind of uh, away from like a lot of uh, cool businesses and stuff like that. There wasn't like a ton to do. So it's like that's something like me and my friends would do sometimes. We just like crawl crawl around in storm drains. It's not like a city storm drain. It's like essentially a big uh, cement tube that kind of like goes that's kind of like separates like one part of a ditch from like another part of a ditch that allows oh, okay. for like cars to drive over past for like people's, um, oh, you know, okay. for like yeah, right entrances into like cul-de-sacs and stuff like that. So it wasn't. Oh, I would have totally if we had those, I would have totally been in there. Yeah, it was like it was a weird summer where it's like I just did that with a lot of my friends until like, I don't know, I think just like older kids were like, that's real dangerous. You should maybe not do that. And then I was like, oh, <laughs> yeah, um, that that storm drain size thing is dead on. They could be very big. That is one way animals love to get around the otherwise extremely dangerous and isolating situation of human roads. It can create a situation that is called landscape dissection, where land masses are almost like separate islands because of our roads for a population of animals. Right. That sounds very visceral, too, when you think about it in the context of roads not being safe for animals. Yeah, pretty visceral. One source for this, it's an amazing show called Outside In, which is a radio show and podcast from New Hampshire Public Radio. They say that landscape dissection can be so extreme that in one case in the U.S. Rocky Mountains, scientists know which side of one highway the grizzly bears are born on based on their DNA because just the populations mm-hmm. are not meeting. Oh, wow. Yeah, there's there's a lot of genetic difference in the uh, mountain lions in uh, Los Angeles due to the uh, the the sort of like cutoffs of the streets, the roads, highways, and freeways and such. Yeah, that's another big example. If if people aren't from there and don't know, there are mountain lions in the mountains within and around LA, and freeways like the 101 separate the populations, and then they are finally building a crossing for mountain lions to use on the 101 that will be completed in 2025. It'll be the biggest wildlife crossing in the world. Is it going to be the Hyperloop? Is it going to have a bunch of bright LED lights <laughs> and the the cougars go around in Teslas? Yeah, it'll shoot animals through a vacuum tube across the freeway. <laughs> it's like one of those... Pneumatic tubes for animals. Yeah, it's animals. like the salmon tube launcher. Have y'all seen that? Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I have seen that so many times. I yeah, love that. Fun. I, just, that I just love looks that fun. so much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. It's a it's a long flexible tube that uses some kind of like hose pressure to uh, transport salmon from one body of water to another in case of like some disruption of their <laughs> uh, migration. But it's like a man made thing to help these fish be transported, and it's fantastic. Yeah. Yeah, it's essentially like a water slide in reverse where it's like it basically sucks up the salmon and then like, you know, along with water, like just shoots them out of the other side. So they'll like catch air and then like land in the body of water. It's great. Yeah, and that's that's kind of the other solution here, because we have had storm drains that just accidentally let animals cross. And Katie, it's amazing you've seen a raccoon use one because that's kind of the primary animal doing this. Of course they are. They're so smart. And one expert tracking their movements has called storm drains raccoon superhighways in North America. It's it's yeah. how they do They're it. They're the rogues. They're the <laughs> rogues of the animal kingdom. You know, you've got the paladins, 
They're uh, like, I think, probably rhinos or something. Uh, <laughs> rhinos, the, the most rogues. virtuous of all animals. <laughs> I mean, they're pretty yeah, good. Yeah. They're pretty nice, but strict. Harsh, but fair. Chickens are your friend who won't just learn how D&D works and keeps asking what the rules are. Like, come yeah, on, yeah. stop squawking yeah. and just, like, keep up. <laughs> yeah, cats are the, the rule lawyers who are just like, I mean, technically I should be able to roll a D20 on this. <laughs> Yeah, and, and these storm drains, they're also used by opossums. They're, they're even, the big ones that we were describing are used by white-tailed deer can go through a storm drain, even though you, you're thinking of like the sewer where Pennywise lives. That doesn't make sense. It's too small, but big ones, they can do it. You know, I actually think I have seen a coyote and a badger go through a storm drain together as friends. And emerge as best friends. No, because coyotes what? and badgers sometimes hang out. Yeah, no, it's true. They sometimes hang out to like hunt together. And now that it, because mm. like, now I think of it, I should have realized that you can like play around in storm drains. Because yeah, I've seen this video. They are like going through this like tube, which must be like this big storm drain. And it's just a coyote and a badger. And the coyote's super excited and the badger's just kind of lumbering along. It's very cute. And and also their their improvisational use of storm drains has saved a lot of animal lives, maintained more genetic diversity in these populations getting to connect than otherwise would happen. The good news about human activity on purpose is that we're beginning to build wildlife crossings for animals. Uh, apparently, the first ones ever on purpose were built in the 1970s for the requests of hunters in Europe who wanted game animal populations to connect. Well... Fair enough. It's better than nothing. Like, like keep them alive so we can kill them. <laughs> it's, it's very Theodore Roosevelt, yeah. I don't want to kill them with a car like a commoner. I want to kill them with a gun <laughs> like a hero. Right, right. Right, yeah. Yeah, and, and now there's amazing conservation-oriented ones. In many U.S. states, including Massachusetts and California, there are small tunnels under roads for salamander migrations. In in the country of Kenya, there's a highway underpass for elephants that hundreds oh, wow. of them use every year. Whoa. Oh, I think I've seen pictures of that. It's really cool. Yeah, and it is, so it's this amazing range of stuff. And the U.S.'s 2021 Federal Infrastructure Act set aside $350 million to build new wildlife crossings in our roads because we have very few of them. On average, we have one wildlife crossing per 4,000 miles of road. Uh, 4,000 miles is the distance between Florida and Juneau, Alaska. So we, we don't have a ton of these crossings. Mm. And let's build yeah, more. Let's help that's... the chickens and all the other animals get across. Yeah. I think that's, that is truly why the chicken crossed the road, to set an example for the future. <laughs> <laughs> when I, I don't know. I, I do think that that is, like a, that is like a nice end to the story of like, car culture taking over so heavily that you know like chickens being obliterated by cars is necessitating the need for a well-told joke about it whereas now we're to the point where it's like understanding that it's more important that we like live in concert with the environment and like i don't know it's like yeah exactly what you're talking about about creating um you know essentially like land islands where it's like the only way that a bear can get to its like you know original hunting territory is like to cross a 12 lane highway and hope it doesn't get obliterated by a truck <laughs> like and going from that to like <laughs> right. no we should build like land bridges so we're not jerks to these bears like i think that i don't know that's like hopefully a a, a, a nice end to that joke uh, yeah. yeah the joke was us the whole time yeah it was we were the monsters all along really we were we drove <laughs> the cars <laughs> <laughs> We're on the other side. Ooh. Yay. Ooh. Or a progress meaning? Mm. It's changing again. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, who knows? <laughs> My head hurts. <laughs> Hey, folks, that's the main episode for this week. And I want to say an additional thank you to our special guest, Joey Clift. Old buddy, one of our favorite guests. And I'm glad he came back for a whole nother one, especially one where we could get one additional comedy writer onto this wonderful comedy topic. I'd also encourage you to check out Joey Cliff's comedy writing right this second. You can go to gonenative.tv. That's where you'll find wonderful comedy shorts by Joey about 
weird stuff that Native American people and indigenous people have to deal with often in modern society. And it's a really fun and incisive and, and brilliant look at it. Additional to that tip, this outro has a bunch of other fun features for you, such as help remembering this episode with a run back through the big takeaways. Takeaway number one, why did the chicken cross the road is either a meta joke about comedy or a dark joke about a chicken choosing to die. Takeaway number two, the joke about a chicken crossing the road might have tapped into early 1900s anxieties about the dangerousness of car culture. Takeaway number three, if a chicken wants to cross a road safely, it should use purpose-built wildlife crossings or sneak through a storm drain. Plus numbers about when this joke originated, when chickens crossed real roads, United States national security, and more. Those are the takeaways. Also, I said that's the main episode because there is more secretly incredibly fascinating stuff available to you right now if you become a member at MaximumFun.org. Members are the reason this podcast exists. So members get a bonus show every week where we explore one obviously incredibly fascinating story related to the main episode. This week's bonus topic is the astounding internal magnetic compass of chickens and what that tells us about bird evolution. Visit sifpod.fun for that bonus show for a library of more than 15 dozen other secretly incredibly fascinating bonus shows and a catalog of all sorts of max fun bonus shows. It's special audio. It's just for members. Thank you to everybody who backs this podcast operation and makes this podcast a thing. Additional fun things, check out our research sources on this episode's page at MaximumFun.org. Key sources this week include the book Stop Me If You've Heard This, A History of Philosophy and Jokes by New Yorker Magazine contributor Jim Holt, the book Car by Gregory Votolato, digital resources from the Theodore Roosevelt Center at Dickinson State University in North Dakota, and further reporting from the Detroit News, CBS News, Atlas Obscura, The Guardian, and other great sources. That page also features resources such as native-land.ca. I'm using those to acknowledge that I recorded this in Lenape Hoking, the traditional land of the Muncie Lenape people and the Wappinger people, as well as the Mohican people, Scatagoke people, and others. Also, Katie taped this in the country of Italy. Joey taped this on the traditional land of the Gabrielino or Tongva and Keech and Chumash peoples. And like we do every week, I want to acknowledge that in my location, also in Joey's location, and many other locations in the Americas and elsewhere, Native people are very much still here. That feels worth doing on each episode, and you can join the free SIF Discord, where we're sharing stories and resources about Native people and life. There is a link in this episode's description to join the Discord. We're also talking about this episode on the Discord. And hey, would you like a tip on another episode? Because each week I'm finding you something randomly incredibly fascinating by running all the past episode numbers through a random number generator. This week's pick is episode 86. That's about the topic of tuna. Fun fact about bluefin tuna, as our cultural relationship to that food has changed, its price rose in the United States by more than 2,000% and rose in Japan by more than 10,000%. So I recommend that episode. I also recommend my co-host Katie Golden's weekly podcast, Creature Feature, about animals and science and more. Our theme music is Unbroken, Unshaven by the Budos Band. Our show logo is by artist Burton Durand. Special thanks to Chris Souza for audio mastering on this episode. Extra, extra special thanks go to our members, and thank you to all our listeners. I am thrilled to say we will be back next week with more secretly incredibly fascinating. So how about that? Talk to you then. Maximum Fun. A worker-owned network. Of artist-owned shows. Supported. Directly. By you.